you are listening to By the Book. Because if you don't look at the world through the Bible, you will never see it right. Welcome to By the Book. This is Alan Griffith, your host for episode 67. I'm glad you're listening today. I hope you're encouraging others to listen. I'm hearing from more and more people all the time that tell me they are listening to the podcast and they are encouraging others to do the same. And I'm grateful for that. It's a wonderful opportunity for me to be able to teach and preach God's word. Uh, As I've said before, not knowing who's listening, but just the opportunity to get the scriptures open. And so I'm glad you're here today, and I'm looking forward to the things that we're going to discuss uh, today on this podcast. Uh, We've talked about salvation. I hope you are saved. If you're not saved, you need to be. And you can be saved. That term speaks of being rescued. Uh, We are sinners. Uh, We are not fit for the presence of God. God responded to our need by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And you get saved when you come to realize that he not only died for the world, he, he died for you. He died for me. He paid the price for our sins. And you get saved when you recognize that you have no hope in anything else. You don't have hope in religion or good living or whatever. Your hope is in Jesus Christ alone. And you get saved by confessing that truth to God the Father. And you confess to him that you know you're a sinner. You know you are lost. You know you deserve to go to hell. You don't have any hope except the hope of Christ. And you acknowledge that you believe Jesus Christ died for you. He paid for your sins with the shedding of his blood. And the third day he arose from the dead, which demonstrated that what he did on the cross worked, if I can put it that way. And now you are asking the Father to save you. And he will do it. Then we talked about the need to offer your life to the Lord. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that's where we were last episode, talks about the challenge to present our bodies a living sacrifice to God. Have you done that? It's not part of being saved. It's something you do after you're saved. In salvation, God gives you the gift of eternal life. And then the challenge is now you take your person, your life, represented in your body, and you give it back to God as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice to him. And you're saying, Lord, I'm not going to do my own thing. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to live my life the way you want me to live it, so I'm taking my hands off, and I am presenting to you my body as uh, a demonstration that I want to fully surrender my life to you. Have you done that? I hope you have. Now, one of the things that comes along with being a Christian is that we have a combination of opportunities and a combination of obligations. And today I want to talk to you about one of the great opportunities that is afforded us as born-again Christians, and that is the opportunity to pray. And I want to say to you that a lot of people pray. Uh, There are people who pray to Jesus. There are people who pray to the Holy Spirit. There are people who pray to Mary. There are people who pray to saints. 
There are people who pray to dead relatives, uh, people who pray to angels. Uh, All of this goes on in the name of religion. A lot of it goes on in the name of Christianity. But you know, our challenge is this. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible teach? You know, I love the scriptures. Uh, When I got saved, I didn't know anything about the Bible. We had a Bible in our home, uh, but I didn't know anything about it. And when I went to Bible college, one of the first things they did was to give the freshmen a Bible test to see how much they they knew about the Bible. Well, I was scared to death because I didn't know anything. So I took the test, and as I recall, I got a 15 on it. Others there were getting, you know, 90s and 95s and whatever. But I went to Bible college, and I got to sit under the teaching of some wonderful professors. One particular one was Dr. John McGahee. Oh, I loved him because he loved the Bible, and I loved to sit in class and hear him exposit the scriptures and teach us these things of God. And it just deepened my uh, love for the Bible, and I certainly still love it today. But life is this, what does the Bible say? And then we take that, we believe that, and we put that into practice. Well, I want to suggest to you that many folks don't give enough attention to what the Bible says about praying. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to do it by going to the Gospel of John, chapter 16. And if you have your Bible, you are uh, welcome to open to that passage of Scripture. I'm going to read verse 16 in just a moment to get us started. But I want you to know that uh, John uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 record the last night of our Lord Jesus on the earth before his crucifixion. That's almost one quarter of the book of the Gospel of John. And the Lord Jesus teaches his disciples, explaining to them things that are going to happen, explaining to them what some of their challenges are going to be. And one of the things he talks about is praying. So listen as I read John 16 and verse 16. Here's what the Lord Jesus said. Remember, he's with his disciples. He's going to get arrested that night. He's going to be crucified the next day. So here is his message, verse 16. He said, a little while, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me because I go to the Father. So he's saying to them something they were not prepared for, and that was, in a little while, you're not going to see me. And they had not come to grips with the fact that he was going to be taken and crucified and all that would follow thereafter. So he's telling them this, listen, a little while, you're not going to see me. But then he gave them hope. He said, a little while, uh, you will see me. You'll see me again. And you and I are living in the, the, the interlude, as it were, because uh, he is coming back, but he has not come back yet. So the Lord Jesus is telling the disciples he is going to be away from them. And then the verse closes with this 
phrase, because I go to the Father. So that's what he's telling them. He's preparing them for his crucifixion, ultimately resurrection, then going to heaven, and that someday, praise the Lord, he's coming back. So, a little while, you're not going to see me. After that, you will see me, and here's the reason why that's going to happen, because I'm going to my Father. Now, if we jump down to verse 23, the Lord Jesus teaches his disciples an amazing truth, and I want you to follow with me as we talk about it. In verse 23 of John 16, the Lord Jesus said, And in that day, in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Now think about that. The Lord Jesus was here. Now he is in heaven. Someday he's coming back. And the Lord Jesus says that he was going to go to the Father. And he said to his disciples, in that day, that is, when I'm with the Father, ye shall ask me nothing. Now, I would suggest to you that for some three and a half years, the disciples have been asking him everything. If they had a need, they would bring it to him. If they had a question, they would bring it to him. But he talks about when he's going to be with the Father, and he says, in that day, you will ask me nothing. That's what the Lord Jesus said. He went on and then said this in verse 23, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. He's turning the attention away from himself He is telling his disciples that when he is away, when he goes to the Father, that they will not ask him anything, but they are to ask the Father, and they are to ask the Father in his name, in Jesus' name. Now, that is not just a little three-word formula to tack on to the end of a prayer. That is the whole concept of praying and expecting God to answer. We're going to ask things that we can truly ask in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things people ask God, but they can't really ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because they are not according to the will of God. They're not in harmony with the Bible of God, whatever it might be. But the point is, and this is what I want to emphasize The Lord Jesus is telling his disciples that when he goes to heaven, they won't ask him anything. They won't ask Jesus anything. Now listen to verse 24. He said, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. He said, you haven't been asking in my name. They've been asking him. But he said, Hitherto you've not asked anything in my name. He says, ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. So he's teaching them to pray to the Father. Now, he's already instructed them in prayer, and he's talked to them, as we're going to see in a few moments, 
that they should pray to the Father. <clears throat> but now he's drawing a line, and he's making it very clear. When I go to the Father, you're not going to be asking me anything. He said, you're going to pray to the Father. Now, verse 25, he said, These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. In that day, again, he's saying, when I go to heaven, in that day, ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Now, that's interesting. He says, don't pray asking me to pray to the Father for you when I'm in heaven. You're not going to do that. He says, you're going to pray to the Father and you're going to ask in my name. Now, again, verse 26, because I want to go right into verse 27. At that day, ye shall ask in my name. And I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. And listen, for the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Why did the Lord Jesus come? Well, of course, he, he came to die for our sins. But much of the purpose of that, if I dare put it this way, is that he was trying to get us to the Father. In John 14, just uh, earlier in this final night presentation, the Lord Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, now listen, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. People need to get to the Father. And the only way to get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. And that's why so much religion today is absolutely meaningless, because you can't get to God unless you go through Jesus Christ. You can't get to God unless you go in the name of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> That's the only way to get to the Father. Now the Lord Jesus is teaching his disciples about praying. And here's what he's saying. When I go to heaven, you're not going to ask me anything. And when I go to heaven, I'm not going to be praying to the Father for you. Now the Lord Jesus is in heaven and he intercedes but his intercession is not about answered prayer. His intercession is that we might always receive the benefits of what he did on the cross. He ever liveth to make intercession for us because he saves us to the uttermost. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ the righteous. So the Lord Jesus is in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God, we pray to the Father in his name, but his intercession for us is applying the values of Calvary to us 
every single day, even when we sin. So what does he say? I'm going to heaven, and you're not going to ask me anything. Now, folks, I want you to think about that. That's what he said. You're not going to ask me anything. He said, you're going to ask the Father in my name. And then this, don't miss this, please. For the Father himself loveth you. You can talk to the Father. You don't need anybody to talk to the Father for you. People pray to the Holy Spirit. Why? The Bible doesn't teach us to pray to the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches us in Romans 8, 26 and 27, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us when we pray because he knows the will of God. We don't. He takes our prayers and lays them, as it were, before the Father according to the Father's will. But we are not taught to pray to the Holy Spirit. Now, I've had people tell me, and they they get upset sometimes. They tell me, well, I, I pray to Jesus. Well, the Lord Jesus said, no, don't pray to me when I go to heaven. Pray to the Father. I've had other people tell me, well, I pray to the Holy Spirit. I have one pastor tell me, I pray to the Holy Spirit every day. I'm driving in the car talking to the Holy Spirit. Why? Why? Some people say, well, you know, God's a triunity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, so what difference does it make if I pray to the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you what makes the difference. What makes the difference is what the Lord Jesus taught us. What makes the difference is what uh, the Bible says. And so the Lord Jesus is making this incredible statement to his disciples, and he's saying, I want you to know something. You can talk directly to God the Father. You can talk directly to him. He wants to hear from you because the Father himself loveth you. And that's why he wants you to pray to him. Now, you might be listening today, and and you have a Roman Catholic experience, and you say, well, I pray to Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, etc. Well, why do you do that? Well, people say, Roman Catholics have told me, and again, I was Roman Catholic. Roman Catholics have told me, well, you know, we view her as the mother of God. She wasn't, by the way. She was the mother of Jesus, not the mother of God. She didn't have anything to do with bringing forth the life of God. But they say, well, you know, she's uh, the mother of God, is what they would say. And, you know, Jesus would listen to his mother, etc. Listen, what does the Bible say? It doesn't teach us to pray to Mary. It doesn't teach us to pray to saints. It doesn't teach us to pray to uh, dead relatives or friends as if, okay, well, you're in heaven, so would you talk to God for me or things like that? Listen, folks, that is not what the Bible teaches. The Lord Jesus said, when I go to heaven, I'm going to be going to the Father, and when I am there, you will ask the Father, because he loves you. You will ask the Father, but you'll do it in my name. You see, it's the Lord Jesus 
who, as it were, gives us the authority, the right to pray. He is our high priest. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, we read this, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That's the Father's throne today. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The Bible teaches us that the Lord Jesus is seated on the right hand of the throne of God, that the Lord Jesus is our high priest, and we come in his name to talk to the Father who is on the throne. Let me go back to Matthew chapter 6, earlier in the ministry of the Lord Jesus, and even then he was instructing his disciples to pray to the Father. The discussion in Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to read starting in verse 6. It says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. The Lord Jesus advocated very personal and private prayer. It isn't that we cannot pray in a group. It isn't that we cannot have public prayer. But what a very special challenge he gives us here. He says, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, listen to it, pray to thy Father. You know, in the Old Testament, the believers there never had the privilege of calling God their Father. That whole concept <clears throat> was never opened up until the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he directed us, his disciples, and us of this age that we could pray to the Father. And in fact, we could call him Father. What a privilege. So verse 6 again, thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. And while this is not the emphasis of our message today, let me just read verse 7. <clears throat> he said, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the father do, or excuse me, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. When you and I pray, we need to pray very personally very thoughtfully. Uh, it would help us to break away from some of the common phrases that we use so they don't become what the Lord Jesus called vain repetitions. 
Then he said, Matthew 6, verse 8, Be not ye therefore like unto them. Don't be like unto them, use vain repetitions. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Think about that. The father knows what you need. The father knows what you are concerned about. He knows before you even ask. But he's waiting for us to come to him. So verse 9 of Matthew 6 says this, and you'd be familiar with this, I'm sure. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Father, what an incredible privilege. Now, right away, somebody's going to say, well, can I pray too? And you can put in there whatever you're going to put in there. And what I want you to think about is what the Bible teaches. Again, don't start searching through the scripture to find some verse to somehow justify what you may do or have done. Search the scripture to see what we are taught to do. And I would suggest to you that if you do that openly and carefully, you are going to find that you and I have the privilege of praying. You and I have the privilege of coming before what the Bible calls the throne of grace. And you and I have the privilege to speak directly to our heavenly Father. Now, when we close our prayer, it is common. I do this often. When we close our prayer, we often say, in Jesus' name. And as long as that's not just tacked on as a little formula, that's fine to do because that's the heart of our praying. We are coming in the name of Jesus. We are coming because Jesus Christ is our high priest. He is our access to God. He is our way to God. And in Jesus' name should also be a commentary on the prayers that we are offering and the requests that we are asking. Can we pray those things really in the name of Jesus Christ? Sometimes people begin to pray, and I want to be careful. I don't want to hurt anybody or offend anybody. I just want us to think. But people may begin to pray and say, dear God or dear Father, and then they close their prayer, and they say, in thy name, amen. I just want you to think about it. I just want you to think about it. Because I believe God is very gracious. And I believe that sometimes we may not pray exactly the right way because we haven't thought about it or we haven't been taught, but we do it in a a casual way. And if I start my prayer to the Father and then I close my prayer by saying, in thy name, is there really meaning to that? 
the Bible is clear. I'm invited to pray to my Heavenly Father. And I am then invited to pray, not in His name, but in Jesus' name, in in His authority. What a privilege it is. So I want you to think about these things. And again, some of you will get provoked at me because you've been praying to Mary or praying to saints or praying to relatives or praying to the Holy Spirit or whatever it might be. But I want to encourage you to think and get into the scriptures. Again, don't go looking for some verse to prove your thought. Open the scripture with the idea of, I want to learn what the Bible says, what the Bible teaches about my praying. Now, I think I'm going to take another episode uh, to deal with other aspects of prayer because uh, we are invited to pray. Think about that. God invites us to pray. Again, we were in uh, Hebrews 4.16. What an invitation. Let us therefore come boldly. You know what that means? That that term boldly means to come openly. You know, you can talk to God about anything. There's not brazenness here, and it's certainly not a casual experience, but it means I can come with confidence. That's the idea of that term. I can come boldly to talk to God. I can talk to my heavenly Father, and I can talk to him about anything. I can talk to him about everything. He already knows. He knows the burden of my heart. He knows the struggles that I have. And I can come before that throne of grace. It is a throne of grace. And I can come because there I can obtain mercy. And I need it. You need it. There we can get grace to help in our time of need. Please don't ever forsake the incredible privilege of praying. Pray. Pray every day. Pray all the time. Paul would exhort us to pray without ceasing. We should always be apt to pray, ready to pray. Pray first when there's a problem or a challenge. Pray to your heavenly Father in Jesus' name. Lord bless you till next time.